everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I am Robert Scarpinito, your features editor. Andrew Rodden, editor-in-chief. Rutledge Doggett, site founder. Uh, Andrew Stretch, the Babylon editor. How's that fall going? Oh, it's fallen. <laughs> oh, boy, it is. So you're an editor in what sense? Like on the game or our writings about it? Dude, I don't know. My jokes don't need to make sense. They're oh. not even funny half the time. At least don't he's right into about it. that. At least he's right about <laughs> that, yeah. Um, before we get into the show, I think it would be wrong not to mention the crisis that's happening in Ukraine right now. I'm sure you've probably heard about it if you're watching any news for the past two weeks or so. Um, of course, there's a big effect of it. Of It has a big effect on the game industry as well. The game industry is doing a lot of stuff in relation to that crisis. So if you want to read any of those things, you can check them out at our site, techraptor.net. We have a lot of stories going on about all the different companies that are changing their their ways a little bit uh, in relation to all of it. Uh, But I think for us here, uh, you probably don't need three and a half white men to tell you their thoughts about this this war that's happening. Um, But we just thought it'd be wrong to not mention those stories off the top. So please check them out, you know, on our site if you want to be a little more informed about what's been going on and the impact it's been having on the games industry. But for now, let's get into some other news. Nobody wants to work at Quantic Dream. <laughs> Period. Dot. End of story. <laughs> no, uh, they're the ones working on Star Wars Eclipse, uh, that upcoming. I guess game. It's hard to call a Quantic Dream game a game, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're games. Let's be let's be fair. I re- I'm all for ripping on Quantic Dream, but they're games. Okay, fair. Um, but yeah, they they revealed Star Wars Eclipse at the Game Awards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Game Awards 2021. Mm-hmm. World premiere. Yeah, and. Uh, now, you know, some stories or some reports are coming out where they're having trouble finding more talent and it's to the point where they might have to delay the release of the game. Not that we have a release window, if I remember right, but no, it might get pushed out because they don't have enough people who want to work on it. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. David, I hear David Cage is a really swell guy. Fun all, to work I know, with. all I will ever remember about him now is that when he was testifying about his the allegations against him and his conduct at work which was abhorrent he mm-hmm. ran out of court crying yeah and that's factual M- manly tears though that's right yes um so if you want to work for him go apply it to train. <laughs> <laughs> uh if you're unaware david cage is actually apparently kind of a not great person that is one way to put it too um apparently he's not a great person to be working with or for um definitely big auteur energy but also misogynist and also chauvinist uh so i don't think it's surprising necessarily that the studio is having trouble finding people to work yeah he made a bunch of any uh homophobics stuff around the mm. workplace uh, like misogynistic stuff so it's and now that's out there and then they're, they're not the only ones like it was Activision Blizzard said they're having difficulty hiring people now it's like huh mm-hmm. weird yeah only you would have done something about it sooner it's it's or really cool something. to see a lot of kind of the 
um, a lot of not only in in tech but in gaming. There's that kind of perception about like this is you know this is a place people want to be. The people who are interested will want to get in, will want to do it, will often you know um, give concessions to be part of making a video game. Like the the big mystery or grandeur being a fan turned developer. Um, so it's neat to see people you know it's a it's a chooser's market like you can you can not have to work with a shitty you know known misogynist you can probably find a better job elsewhere um yep and it's it's nice to see this actually coming back to quantric dream um not just something that they can brush under the rug but like oh this is like affecting them i'm not 100 percent sure where the number came from i think it was from Tom Henderson, the idea that kind of the projected window for uh, Star Wars Eclipse now may be back into like 2026, 2027. Yeah, I think um, on our on our story, it's 27 to 28, which yeah, is that's wild. It. Yeah, like that's a six year, like six years from now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like at that point, I guess, you know, if they were still in trying to hire for the team, it seems weird that they would have put out a teaser so early. Uh, very reminiscent of well-known title Mass Effect Andromeda, mm. which I believe we also <laughs> saw for like two or three years in a row with like just concept art and developers yeah. talking about how great the game was going to be. Now that's that well, other Star Wars pro- spinoff, right? <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> and you saw a lot of high-profile developers leaving Bioware at the time too, so that definitely probably impacted the overall dev. I mean, it's... Like you said, I think it. I think it's an employees market right now. I, a lot of companies are calling it the Great Resignation, which, at the end of the day, I think a lot of workers are realizing that the power's in their hands, which is a good thing. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the the companies should not be um, feeling complacent because people will still come to work for them if they're not a good it's, place um, to work. I mean, it's it's it all boils down to like that Seymour Skinner meme of like. You know, is it is it me that's doing something wrong? No, it's the children. You know, the companies Shit. might call it the great resignation, but then if they looked internally and, well, why are they resigning? Is it that we're not paying a livable wage? We're not increasing wages according to inflation? Um, is it that, you know, the guy who runs the ship, um, you know, hates half of the half of the population of the earth because of uh, what they have, you know, because of what they have going on? Like it's it's. Um, it's a very easy thing to be able to look at, you know, and see that, that pattern of if everywhere you walk smells like dog shit, then look under your shoe. It can't be you. No way. No. Well, yeah, but- cause the, the developers, they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah David Cage is in the right for sure. hundred percent. Don't yeah. put this out of context. <laughs> David Cage is right. Scrappy 2022. Right. That'll be the, that'll be the clip that I edit. At least you have, rage uh, clicks. have a good chance of you're going to another French company like Ubisoft or something. You know that's not. Yeah, that'll be better mm-hmm. for sure. I hear I hear Ubisoft is great to work for. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the types of people who might be attracted to Quantic Dream for the storytelling and the and the writing aspect, boy, uh, boy, Ubisoft needs some help there. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, I think part of it, too, is a generational thing. I think that we're starting to see a shift in who's joining the game industry at this point, and it's, there's very different values and yeah, priorities. Yeah, goddamn Zoomers. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It all comes back to the Zoogles. Is that what you said? That's right. Yeah. So I, I think I think we're seeing the landscape change, hopefully for the better. But with companies like Blizzard and Ubisoft, Riot, and a lot of these that still have these deep issues that have not been resolved and that they don't seem to care to want to resolve at times, um, I think stories like this with Quantic Dream where, you know, you're publicly having to admit that because your culture is so shitty, no one wants to work for you. Hopefully it's a wake up call to not only game industry companies, but, you know, companies worldwide. It's it's a huge issue that companies hold all of the power when it comes to employment and, um, you know, the, the anti-union rhetoric um, that we're seeing at like Geo Media. That's, you know, one of our our counterparts in the industry. Um Something's got to change at some point because yeah. at the moment things are reaching kind of a tipping point. And I think that's why you're seeing the quote unquote great resignation is people are like, fuck this, I'm done. It's mm-hmm. also cool to see it at a at a company at this level. Like you said, you know, we've had all the Activision Blizzard King stuff. But when you see it at that lo- that like that large a level, a lot of it is, ah, uh, well, Codex got his golden parachute and no one's going to be any the wiser. If you see something like this happen at an indie company and everyone gets out, you think that's awesome. Good job on them for for taking the stand. Kind of seeing it at like a, for lack of a better term, like a double A studio, like Quantic Dream. It mm. kind of, you know, might might help the people at a larger double A, a triple A studio be like, wait, no, hold on. Like, we don't have to just think that like, the man is up there and like definitely you know i'm i'm chatting shit from a from a podcast that i do as a side job so i know you know when you take liveliness in like livelihood into account and this and that it's very difficult to say no i wouldn't like a paycheck (laughs) um but it's it's nice to see it shifting not just on the small level um, but this this attitude and this standing up for oneself um, becoming a larger and larger story, and for news like this to to break and become so public, to be like, oh, that's that's not looking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is just Quantic Dreams getting its just desserts, and it's nice that it's it's kind of an organic punishment. Like it doesn't feel like one that's being meted out by some like a government or a higher power or something. But this is just okay. The people don't want this. You know, the mm-hmm. the people, the proletariat, right? Like, they don't want this. Therefore, they're not going to work for you and make your company work. It's right? David Cage in the upper left-hand corner of his view, so everyone will remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's yeah. nice to see that, like, someone like Cage before, like, there was, <clears throat> well, before these stories broke out, which I think was 2018 was when the first, when it came out, the big... Uh, story on uh, Quantic Dream, but before that, I think there was uh, you know stuff with like Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain, where people were unhappy with the way he had done stuff. But it was kind of brushed off as like, oh, he's an our tour, you know, he's just one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I think just because you're a creative person doesn't mean you get to be a fucking prick. It was Beyond Two Souls with the famously fully naked model of Elliot yeah. Page? When yep, that respectful game, they did not know that was going to happen, and was not and didn't want it. Yeah, and it's like, man, huh? Yeah, David Cage kind of sucks. And <laughs> even even if you play some of his games, like they're, you know, it it's framed in a way that's like I'm telling this big story that's so mm-hmm. good 
that it might go over your head. So pay attention to every little thing. And it's like, no, I get it. Androids are a race. This is, this is just this is class division and, and racial discrimination. Like, yeah, it's pretty on the nose, buddy. I, I get it. Oh, you know? that's what that was about. I know. Oh, I thought it was pretty... about robots being silly. Well, it's just about the goofy iPhone robots. It's a it's <laughs> an allegory about the iPhone. Yeah. Oh, right. OK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's just it's so on the nose with that sort of stuff where it's like, you know, th- this isn't that clever. You know, like you don't have to tell the best story to be a good game or even a good story. Right. But like they're they're not worth the the autorism the author energy that yeah. he he sometimes well, has and i think part of it is part of my point was it's no nothing is and i think that's what people are realizing it's like yes you're not it's like that you feeling that you're getting that. talked down to yeah well it's it's i don't know there's just this uh, there's this romanticization of this like creative people that do have interesting ideas because you could say like do they land with aquatic dreams games not really most of the time but there's usually something interesting behind it you're like okay that's kind of weird like well i remember heavy rain coming out and being like well that's kind of fucking crazy but it's that's not worth it like <laughs> you don't have to put yourself through being around a prick all the time just because he's you think he is interesting yeah we really like you, though, Rut. Wink. Yeah. He just did a wink to the camera for those who aren't watching the video version of this podcast. Right, that doesn't video. exist. It doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> but if so, you're watching on YouTube, Adam gets his uh, eye toy working. Yeah. If you're on YouTube, though, we love you. Please subscribe. Someday. <laughs> Someday we'll get your eye toy view. Well, I do it, and I look for it, and I it wasn't where I thought, so I didn't look again. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I'll just order one. It's got yeah. eBay. Or hey, if anyone out there has a spare eye toy laying around, <laughs> you can send it to our PO box. <laughs> yes, e-begging for an eye toy camera—that's that's the long con. That's what TechCrafter yeah. was set that's up to do. Yeah, yeah, we're only a, in this for the eye toys. Yeah. No, but oh, seriously, God. if you do find that Warcraft three picture, feel free to send it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, and here's a little follow-up from last week. Um, last week we talked about how Square Enix was a little bit disappointed in the sales of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it, are, you, are you okay? I, I just think that that's funny in comparison to what we were talking about last week to how, how Square Enix's published games have gone this week. Yeah. Well, hey, it's still too early to tell Babylon's Falcon could sell millions by next week it's true it could it could it could it won't but it could <laughs> if it can I mean, fit five or six updates in before that time sure yeah um but now it's been announced that guardians of the galaxy will be coming to xbox game pass now stretch do you want to do you have anything you want to say just here off the yeah i'm giving uh, you the soapbox if you um yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, feel obligated. we got to push it to you when it's about game pass, right? <laughs> I, that's in our contract somewhere right well this i mean i don't know brought what to you by games pass yeah. Every, every no i mean it's it is just such a funny twist um to to see it go from this is a failure to this is this is a thing that's happening i believe marvel's avengers is also on game pass right now yeah um yep. yeah so game pass might just be the the place that square enix starts sending things that they think are dead um or yeah. depending on whatever the publishing deal is in the background like for you know it might be a viable a viable um strategy for making money if they can make all that they want off the first year six months worth of sales 
and then sell this, you know, highly commercially successful, well, not critically successful, definitely not commercially well, successful. According if to they can sell this critically acclaimed game to Game Pass and like, you know, happen to to get some other big bump on numbers. Um, I think that's not only great for Square Enix as a company, it might mean that they take better risks going forward. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of allowing them to, like, as a company, Square Enix as an entity to have a safety net. Um, but it's also, like, it's just a really fun game. Uh, the I know the first podcast that we talked about, Guardians of the Galaxy, you guys really sold me on it, and I immediately turned around and played it. Um, and I'll probably pick it up and, and play it again. Wow, that's a lie. I've got way too many games going on. <laughs> yeah, it's March, buddy. stacked month. Yeah, I was like, mm. Oh, uh, boy. See, what I find so funny is you're saying all these things about like, oh, yeah, you know, this might be the place where Square Enix can throw their, their disappointments and failures um, onto the pile and hope that it like gets a second life. And uh, Lightning Returns Final Fantasy Thirteen is also on this list of okay. games coming in March. I was getting to that. <laughs> um, yeah, because I mean, Final Fantasy uh, uh, Thirteen and Thirteen Two are also on it right they now. Are. But it was like two years ago. They were like, "Boom! Every single Final Fantasy is gonna be on Game Pass," mm-hmm. and that was a bit of a monkey paw promise because a couple of Final Fantasy games have dropped off and then come back and then dropped off again. Well, don't um, forget that uh, Gabe Newell recently said that he would be fine having uh, Game yeah, Pass come Pass to Steam, Steam. Mm-hmm. Well, Which I think you can be already huge. be on Steam Deck. You just install Windows, but yeah, but just um, as part yeah. of the platform would be like, oh my That'd gosh, cool. yeah. But that's that's a he's angling that he's got a uh, you know why he's saying that right? Uh, he's saying it because he's very pro Linux gaming, and if he can get Microsoft into making something that promotes Linux gaming stuff and make people optimizing a game for Linux. That's what he says. His big angle with that is like, sure, Mm. come to this. And then I'll force you guys to spend a bunch of money to make stuff work on Linux. Oh yeah. For all seven (laughs) of those gamers. That's, that's, that's what their (laughs) Valve's big thing. Um, Gabe's real into that. I mean, that would still be a really cool thing. Like I enjoy the, the freedom to hop between my PC playing games and my Xbox playing games. So, being able to have that more integrated through Steam uh, would be dope. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that I could get a Steve, Steam achievement and an Xbox achievement at the same time. Whoa, Nelly. That's uh, going to be pretty cool. Calm 100% down, percent Halo Infinite on two platforms. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Um, I guess, and Wait. also in other Game Pass news, which is really cool, Microsoft Flight Simulator is available via the cloud now. So you can, you can fly have... in the clouds in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that means that Xbox Ones can now... So the Xbox One, the now, what, uh, 10-year-old console? I think so, yeah. Well, it's it's getting up there. Can play in 4K, you know, full, like, real-time weather effects, gorgeous ray tracing, everything. And, like, Microsoft Flight Sim is already an online game because you need it for, like, all of the, the data to be updated. But to not have to install the 250 gigabytes or so, God, it's humongous. Um, and to just play on that 10 year old console is honestly a little bit ludicrous. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Um, the the promises and the idea of 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 cloud gaming are amazing. Whenever it gets fully realized, yeah, still waiting for for Starlink to really get us there. 
Right. But, uh, it's just, it's so neat. You know, I, I am genuinely excited about lightning returns hitting the, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm kind of excited about that because it's such a bad video game that I want to, <laughs> I want to re it's like watching the room again, you know, like it's one of those kind of things, but I get to do it for free asterisk. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the room and a square Enix game. Mm-hmm. Because they made or published, do they make it? I don't even know who made it. Now that I think about it, they at least published it. They made the Quiet Man. Ah, uh, yeah, and the Room of Video the Games. Quiet Man. It, oh, it, man. Not only is it the Room of Video Games, or they wanted it to be, they put out a trailer with all of the bad reviews trying to make it into the Room of Video Games. Mm-hmm. If people remember that, I think they even referenced the Room. And it, and it's like, I mean, <laughs> if you know what you're about, sell it. I mean, People they didn't, buy it they on didn't that. do that like on launch. They did that out after it came out. So I don't think they knew it going well, into it. <laughs> I'm surprised that the room hasn't shown up on Game Pass then. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, the Quiet Man. Oh, sorry. The Quiet Man. Well, the room. T- I would love to watch the room via Game Pass. <laughs> but it's a rhythm game for some reason. And you just yes. play through the movie. And <laughs> yes. God, lightning return. I'm, I'm telling you, if you want a bad time. Please check that out. It's uh, well, I either that or the uh, the Star Trek game from 2013 or 2014. I, if you want a really bad time, I got to the final boss of 13 and just dropped it when I originally played it on 360. 13 two, I probably got like a quarter of the way through and just dropped it. Um, Lightning Returns. I just never even bothered. These were the games oh, that started that one. <laughs> that, that started the idea of stagger systems in the Final Fantasy games. Right. That and was I like just, the best thing of it. I have just never gelled with the with the idea of the stagger system. Oh, really? Just like so, I've got to do a whole bunch of damage to allow myself to do a whole bunch more damage. It just seemed so weird. Like it wasn't as and it may just be like it. It seems to me like they're overcomplicating the idea of an overshield. Well, let's get in the weeds a little. It's like you do a lot of magic damage to stagger them, and then you do a lot of physical damage, and the physical damage is like multiplied. Yeah. So it's one of those like chip damage to real damage sort of systems. Yeah, I mean, it's just the idea of like, I guess that it it forces you to have to play every class in the RPG at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. I guess as a as the type of player I am, I just always felt like that pulled me away from playing the game how I wanted to play the game. Um, well, and it was like, if you want to survive, you've got to do it this way. You've got to be juggling 20 paradigms and, you know, then mostly auto battling anyway. You've just got mm-hmm. to make sure that you're in the right, uh, the right paradigm at the right time. Well, then you're going to love Lightning Returns because imagine all of that, but you only have one party member for the whole game. And that one really? party member, yeah, you only play as Lightning and they do like some weird fighting game. Well, no, it's not a what? fighting game, but it's like it's a weird, slightly different system. But she's the only one who can be all of the roles and you can also dress her up sense. like a Barbie. It doesn't make That's, sense. No, it does make sense for does what it? Final Fantasy 13 was. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, because everyone Cause loves Lightning, just apparently. Lightning. That's yeah. all it was. They, that by lightning returns, they realized, all right, this is really the only thing we have going for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's just At the lean time, there was lightning. also like lightning Louis Vuitton ads as well in Japan. Lightning yeah, which stuff is, was fucking everywhere. It was crazy. Yeah, just how much like, they Japan doubled loved, down. Yeah, Japan loved lightning. 
I don't even think that like I mean here's <laughs> like the in the game pass segment I'm about to say this but I don't even think that lightning has really shown up in Kingdom Hearts yet. <laughs> yeah, oh, what the hell? hasn't. No. Well, I mean no one's past 10, right? Has shown up. Like 10 is the latest. Well, well remember like in freaking 3 no there wasn't any Final Fantasy people. Uh doesn't Cloud show up? Okay, so apparently lightning did show up in Oh, probably Union X. Okay. Oh, as a as okay. a summon medallion. That doesn't okay. count. Never Come mind. On. No. <laughs> it's not like Sora says and... lightning, you know. Yeah, we need that. <laughs> you see that's a reference. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, Let, let's talk about some of the games we've been playing cuz we've been playing a lot. Um Rut, do you want to start with Elex 2? I f- I feel like let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll be fight, back. Fight, fight, fight. You guys kiss, are so kiss. rude. Honestly. <laughs> Unbelievable. No, no, but tell us about Elex 2, because like, well, the embargo's you, up you're now. You're the one who puts out the, there that you like stuff. It's like, it's like if That's you fair. said, if you came How out and said, How dare you yeah. like something? It's like, uh, it's like, going, yeah, I, I eat shit as a snack, and then we make fun of you for it. You're like, hey, guys, that's mean. Like, that's, that's what you're doing. Just so you know. He's in the middle no. of literally painting a target on his back, and he's like, "Now, nah, guys, yeah. don't shoot me." No, I'm yeah. sure Elex Two <laughs> is a the gun game. And hands it to us. Oh. All right, we'll let you, I'll let you oh. talk now. Honestly, even, will you? Even though you will understand you? how I feel about it, you know what? No, actually, I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> <Fine. Square Four. laughs> uh. Oh fuck! But I mean, in all seriousness, I I was a huge fan of the first game. Um, went in optimistic to the second one, and. Uh, I mean, it's it's on par with a lot of what Piranha uh, makes in terms of kind of those like Euro jank stuff. I think that there's a lot that Elex does well, and then there's a fair amount at the moment that detracts from it. Um, it's it's a pretty pretty big world to explore, and and honestly, the fact that there's a jetpack in it makes it like way easier to explore. Um, you don't have to Skyrim up a mountain; you can literally just eat up a mountain. Wait, are you um, Boba Fett in this game? Are you basically? Yeah, you can just jetpack around and oh. boy, it's I, probably it's, this sounds about to be on par with the quality of the show too. <laughs> God damn it. And then um you know, you can upgrade your backpack to have more fuel capacity and and basically just like glide across the map. And I'm not 100% sure why I have unlimited jetpack right now, but after I beat the game, I had no fuel limits. Um so I spent a couple hours just like flying around the map the the other day. Um that's a dirty hacker. Yeah. But I, I mean, if, if you're a fan of kind of like, I don't know, Skyrim-esque games, uh, doing a lot of exploration, having a lot to do, um, kind of agency and choice, it's, it's a solid game. I'm not going to say it's an incredible game, um, but it is an enjoyable experience and kind of the systems they build around building up your character with the attributes and the skill points um, and kind of having to really plan out your stats early um definitely adds to kind of the extra complexity and it's it's not an easy game until probably level 20 um up until then you have to be very careful about where you go or you you'll just get smacked to the ground in one hit um so i like it i you know i gave it a 7.5 um it was enjoyable i've put about 80 hours into it and uh, i definitely recommend it i know that it's not for everyone so it's worth going into it knowing that it's not like an incredible perfectly polished games there are some weird bugs um, speaking of uh how many times did you crash in that uh window 
Uh, probably about 72 times over the course of a weekend. And only when when using shotguns. I did not have a single crash if I used bows, heavy weapons, swords, any of that stuff. But the minute I started using shotguns, it caused crashing. 72? To be fair, I played about 40 hours over the course of three days. You crashed more than the number of hours you played. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it got, I mean, that that was honestly probably the biggest part of the score reduction for me was that and a couple other bugs that kind of made the game a little frustrating. I, I've um, never had dinosaurs for a crash. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you My talked God. about the uh, about the open world and how you could like jetpack up mountains and stuff. Was is a lot of the world taking place on that surface level, like settlements, villages, and stuff, or? Is there also like, you know, you end up going into caves and suddenly you're in the Thieves Guild? Yeah, there's um there's a lot of verticality. Like so there's there's two components that are pretty cool too. Um there's so there's map pieces kind of hidden around the map that you have to find um for a kind of an overarching quest that gives you this really nice bonus. And then there's unique weapons kind of littered around too. And a lot of those are hidden in like high to reach places like you can't mm. even get one of them until you fully upgraded your jetpack um or and, you magically get unlimited jetpack <laughs> well you have to so you have to either buy or find fuel and then you have to upgrade your jetpack um which mm-hmm. costs money each level and then there's also additions that let you hover so that you can like do range combat while you're hovering and there's a boost one so that when you kind of jump up you can shoot forward and based on your fuel capacity, kind of get around the map faster, even though there are teleport pads, like, literally everywhere. Um, But yeah, I mean, the jetpack gives you a lot more agency to just kind of, okay, I want to get up to the top floor, fuck it, I'm just going to jetpack up, rather than having (laughs) to, like, run all the way through the building up the stairs, like, nah, that dude's up there, I'm going to fuck him up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's one of the best features. This is just making me think, like, how many open world games have come out? And we're only, like, 65 days into the year. How many open world games have there been, right? Like, I didn't realize that Elex was another one. I just thought it was, like, RPG. Yeah, it's very, I mean, it's it's very action RPG um, and and open world. Like, open world is probably the biggest part. There's five different factions you can join. Um, To join one faction, you have to betray another faction. Oh, that's kind of um, neat. Yeah, so there's there's like these complexities and and different sub factions to each faction too, um, that that kind of it all ties into the story as well. Um, so you know you don't have to recruit every companion; it's recommended. Um, every companion has a pretty long kind of storyline that that you follow, love interests, all that stuff that you're kind of used to from open world and RPG games. Who so. is the best waifu of the game? Uh, I just went with the basic option of Kaya, which they they made an interesting decision. Makes sense so you, for a Pan Am fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> so the first game you had like I think four or five love interests, and they made an interesting decision with this game to basically say we're gonna choose for every choice that was available in the first game, we're gonna choose the ones that players chose the most. So they used the data from the first game to say, okay, this is canon. Um. So that was kind of jarring at first when I started playing. I was like, wait, do I not carry over decisions? Um, And that can be probably confusing for new players, but they do do a solid job of using flashbacks um, to conversations and stuff to say, hey, this is what happened if you didn't make this decision or if you don't even know what the hell's going on. Mm. So 
Would you say this is a good jumping on point for someone who didn't play Elex One at all, but they're like, I'm interested, I'm curious what this is all about? Yeah, I mean, from a from a story perspective, it's a it's a pretty basic story, easy to understand, and the flashbacks do enough to to help. Like as you meet each companion, there will be a flashback of like how you met them originally and kind of their storyline and stuff like that. So they don't. Mm. They don't force you to play the first game, which is probably a 40 hour endeavor if you're not a uh, achievement or like me. Mm. Or if you hate yourself, just go ahead and play. (laughs) (laughs) And then I will call out um, RoboQuest on Games Pass. If you have Games Pass, if you enjoy multiplayer games, it's on Games Pass. Pick it up. It's fucking awesome. So. Hell yeah. All right, well, that's Elex 2, if you're curious about that. I think that's on all the major platforms, right? Like mm-hmm. PC, PlayStation, Xbox. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Stretch, do you want to tell us about yeah, your been, low wang? Yeah. That's right. I've been, I've been getting wang. into uh, some Shadow Warrior 3. Uh, had a real blast playing it. Um, I wasn't much of a PC gamer um, at all growing up or, like, wasn't as much into, like, the boomer shooters and stuff, like, doom um duke nukem so on and so forth um so it was actually super neat to get into this and after coming off a whole bunch of like a lot more uh heavier in-depth experiences um like pokemon and i'm already blanking on what other games i've played this year elden ring uh it was before elden ring Mm. um but yeah after Having a whole lot of... Oh, Dying Light 2. Yeah, I had like just come off a, a week-long bender of Dying Light 2 and Pokemon Legends Arceus. To dive into a linear 10-hour experience just running through some enemies, shooting, slashing, blowing them up. Um, it was really fun and relaxing. <laughs> um, you know, and I also uh, spent a whole bunch of time hunting down the uh, the upgradable orbs and stuff. Um, I didn't have any context whatsoever on the rest of the story. Um, but it kind of, it seems like where Shadow Warrior 2 ended up with like the freeing of the dragon, the destroying of the the organization and stuff. Shadow Warrior 3 starts off with like a pretty reset ground zero. Like there's a big, huge dragon in the sky. We're going to go kill it. Here's the MacGuffin that we need to carry to it. Um, and then you just kind of start from there and it's all pretty pretty basic and just a lot of fun mm. shot shot a lot of people now all the screenshots and gameplay i've seen it's like all guns but do you have your sword yeah at, at any point in time like you know i was playing on on keyboard and mouse so um at any point in time left click is always shoot with the guns right click is always to like immediately whip out your your sword they do a really cool thing as well that um shooting at enemies uh the enemies will drop health but if you uh, cut uh, cut enemies with your sword and kill them that way, then they drop ammo. Oh. So it, it actually really does a great job. And of course, you know, as soon as one gun is out of ammo, the, the game will auto hotkey you to the next weapon in your arsenal. There's no like, you know, trying to left click and you've got like a flashing message on the screen saying no ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it does but, the Doom uh, Eternal thing where like your different ways of attacking give you different mm-hmm. resources. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so you know, it it really, um, it really pushes you to play in a variety of ways, mm. um, depending on what's going on. Um, but it's just a a fun fun game to tear through. The comedy, while crass, um, 
and uh, you know that seems to be the trend of the games as well um, i mean the dude's name is low wang yeah i guess and I there's guess. a lot of wang jokes in the second one too um it, it the the company landed like 90 percent of the time um yeah and there was like you know some like weird go. scat humor in there as well it's like but that's that's pretty funny um <laughs> and this is from the guy who makes the worst fucking jokes in slack yeah uh, and i, will I don't know that. if he's got that title but We're... oh is that you are we fighting for who how has the worst jokes you? how that's <laughs> that might be the most insulting thing i've ever heard about me <laughs> I, oh, it doesn't I, even make I jokes. Nailed it. That's right. I'm just purely I'm just serious truth bombs. editor. That's right. <laughs> he's just don't, the old man don't on open up Slack. Everybody's don't open talking in Slack, and he's just over there. You fucking kids. For an achievement person like myself, um, yes. there were a couple of things that definitely frustrated me about the game: no level select, um, and no way to tell like what is left in what level. Um, there is a new game plus kind of like you'll go to start the new game plus and it will say warning you know none of your save anything carries over um but your upgrades do carry over so i'm not really sure what they're talking about there um but just like a a linear shooter without a level select just seems odd hopefully that will get patched in at some point yeah um just like the idea of like oh man that that one level was really cool I guess I should play the whole game again. <laughs> I mean, it'll only take you 10 hours, I guess. Well, that was 10 hours of me playing and religiously hunting down collectibles, to which I only missed seven out of the entire game. Um, so I, you could probably get through it in four to five if you were really hustling. Mm. Um, but also, like, to, to you know play three hours to get to one level of a game that you want to play is still kind of weird yeah pretty crazy no shadow warrior 3 is one of those games that's like was on my radar for this year but since there's like so much shit coming out like literally last friday grand turismo 7 and triangle strategy right like there's a lot going on so it's kind of like fallen by the wayside but i enjoyed one i didn't like two as much but that was like kind of fun so i might just i got was that was that two went a whole lot more open worldy it or got at least not open world but less linear yeah it got all about like loot was the second mm. one so they like do the did the borderlands thing where it's like you get like there's a billion guns but it's just like this like it's the same gun but with like one slightly tweaked stat or something like yeah. that you know like this one's red and this one's pink Ooh, unique mm-hmm. weapons um, yeah. and i know that shadow warrior 2 is also on game pass right now is it so actually? i have got that yeah i have got that downloaded to my xbox and if i you know get any time to to breathe and play some video games for myself um i do plan to load that up and give that a bit of a shot <laughs> mm. yeah i mean I'm, I'm hoping to like get to shadow warrior 3 this year eventually just to, like check it out and see and if you're interested in it you can get a review on our site i think alex reviewed it for us mm-hmm. so yeah let me mm-hmm. check that out he's a new writer though very new <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's a joke only we get Yes, and that's the <laughs> best kind Basically, of joke for the podcast. Alex was our reviews editor. He left to uh, yeah. pursue full-time employment at another uh, publisher and came back uh, what, like two months ago, maybe. So, mm-hmm. so, so he's a Basically, he has to restart his entire... That's right. The he hazing was, begins again. The hazing he was, begins uh, again. He was dead to us, and no, now he's back alive. Mm. Is Magic. he Jesus? 
Scrappy, anyway, how has be. pulling your hair out to uh, Elden Ring gone? Dude, I am in love with this game. <laughs> I, I didn't expect, like, I knew I would like it just because, you know, it's, dark, it's open world Dark Souls, of course. But this is just one of those games where it's like, I can't wait to be playing it. Like, I don't want to be working so I can play it. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, God, it's, it's honestly, it's Skyrim. I think that's, that's the comparison I'm going to make. It is a Skyrim game because back when Skyrim originally came out in 2011, right? Like back before it became a meme. You know, it had that energy of like, oh, did you find this thing? No, where'd you find that? And it's like, no, yeah, it's over here in this cave. But what about this thing over here? Did you see that? You know, there's like always something neat to discover. And Skyrim's always felt like one of those games where um, you're not going to see everything unless you play like 400 hours of it. Mm -hmm. And at some point you have to be okay with that. Elden Ring is that, but through the lens of Dark Souls. I don't think I'm going to see everything in this game. I've already gotten through like the first like main dungeon like i beat one of the first lords you fight um and so i I feel like i've explored that castle completely and i'm like okay cool i'm gonna move on then i've been watching my roommate play and he goes sees he sees some shit that i haven't even seen in that castle i'm like okay i'm just not gonna see everything in this game and i have to be okay with that have you found the the weird octopuses on the on the beach yet oh yeah yeah they're they're like all over i've killed quite a few terrifying (laughs) yeah Yeah, they're like bloodborne fucking you know lovecraft eldritch writhing masses Mm -hmm. no i mean it's it's like as an example of just the shit you can find i found this cave near the starting area it's the coastal cave and i went through it you fight a boss at the end and it's whatever right it just seems to be one of those like side things you do and then it led to this uh like, like there's another there's the end of the cave and it opens up and you end up on this island off the coast and you can't get to it any other way unless oh, there's like that's a paraglider. How you get there. <laughs> yeah. I was when I first saw that, I was like, oh, do they give you the paraglider like in Breath of the Wild or something? But no, it's a cave, right? And then when you get there, there's like this dragon church, right? And I was like, okay, I don't know what this is for, but whatever. There's a bonfire here, I'll take it and I'll fast travel somewhere else. And then when you kill a dragon, you get a dragon heart, and you can use the dragon heart at the dragon church to get powers. And you know what? You don't have to do any of that shit. You can beat the game without that. I'm pretty sure. What but kind of powers? Like you can turn into a dragon. What? What? Yeah. I mean, they did that in Dark Souls 3 too. Like your head can turn into a dragon and breathe fire or ah, stuff okay. like that. Um, but yeah, it's like that's that's a side thing that you can find five minutes from the beginning of the game. And you didn't have to find it, but you could. And I'm pretty sure I'm saying this right now and someone out there is listening and they're like, no fucking way. I got to go do that. I didn't even know you could do that. I've already beaten the third boss, like the third major boss, and I haven't even done that yet. Like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be the biggest staying power of Elden Ring. It's just that I bet you even in November, December, when people are talking game of the year, or people are still going to be discovering some shit in this game. Like for for lack of a better term, it's like the the kind of playground rumor kind of game. Yes. The kind of game that like everyone will return back to the conversation and say, well, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this. Mm-hmm. it's gonna be one of the, like if we were all in like middle school right now I'd be like you know you can find a gun in, in this cave somewhere you know it's that sort of thing where you can just like almost make up shit and it's almost believable because of mm-hmm. just how much there is if you beat smash bros a hundred times on the hardest difficulty you'll unlock supersonic mm-hmm. your character that was a big one on, sonic. yeah that was a big one on my playground <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And and I mean, of course, Elden Ring, too. It's I think what's really fascinating about it right now is that I think this is the biggest launch for a Souls game. Or at least it's, it's 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, it's Definitely huge. Is. And I think that's really coming through in the messages people leave. Like, there, for one, there's a lot of messages. And it's Hidden it's Path pretty, Ahead. Yeah. Hidden Path Ahead. I... I've yet to find one, but I've hit every wall that like. Please touch butthole. Finger butthole. That's it. Um, is great. Um, there's also like I've seen a lot of grass mentions, like touch grass sort of stuff. It's just it's so stupid, but great. And like so, so there are the notes that are actually helpful. Like you know, be wary of right, and then like you turn the corner, there's an enemy on the right. You know, like that sort of stuff. So it is there is helpful notes, but then the really so like stupid juvenile game. ones. It kind of is a strand type game. Oh no! Think of it. Strand. It is, but I think just seeing all these notes is great. That's the TR podcast trifecta, right? Game Pass, Nomura, and Kojima. Bingo! Bingo! We did it. And I mentioned the the porn earlier. (laughs) Yeah, bingo! We did it. (laughs) So Scrappy, I've been I've been playing a bit of Elden Ring. I'm 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 not a I'm not a huge Souls person, and this one still has not clicked with me. Um. But, like, it's it's so funny that I feel like the open world, like, as soon as you get the, the spectral whistle, mm-hmm. any open world combat just becomes negligible yeah. as you can, like, spin around on the horse. Um, and, I mean, I guess it gives players an avenue if they're more inclined to cheese their way through um a soul is born have you been doing a lot of the mounted combat or will you you know approach a settlement and uh get down off the horse and like you know go through it uh you know with your pride and your sword the old school way yeah no i i like it a depends. real gamer I, if i'm going into like an actual like encampment like where there are a lot of walls and shit i get off mm-hmm. the horse just because i feel like the horse combat is good in an open field but when there's a lot of obstacles in your way like i think it it gets in the way more than it helps is how I feel. But if it's just open space, yeah, you can fuck people up with the horse. I, I, I like doing that. It's fun. Yeah. In that, like the, that like very first little ruined, um, little set of ruins where like, if you go to the left up the hill, there's the giant ogre thing that jumps off the hill. Mm-hmm. There was the dude with the shield and the pole arm that just continually would wreck me. And then I got the whistle and it's just like, Oh, I'm, I'm, killing him repeatedly now dancing around him no nothing but then it kind of also felt like well if the if the only way that i'm having a bit of fun playing this game is by just cheesing it and like doing you know doing donuts on my horse while swinging wildly um you know it just still felt odd (laughs) i don't know i think there's there's something about Elden ring where to to bring up the the difficulty in games debate right it's you know miyazaki has always been really like bullheaded about we're not going to make our games easier like unless we want to but like we're not going to do it for the sake of doing it um because challenge is a core part of it i think Mm -hmm. i agree in that it's such a hard game that you're going to look for any way to cheese it right like or anything that can make it a little easier for you right like I've been gravitating toward a blood loss build because like you hit them enough times and then you just do a huge chunk of damage and it's like that's easier to me and I can do that mm-hmm. fairly confidently than like you know a, a more hardcore build or some shit like that right um in the same way that like you're gravitating toward the horse because it's just the easiest way you can get through it right now right and I think it's, that's it's, it's, 
press R1 to win. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, I think that's where the fun of Dark Souls comes from and the fun for Elden Ring comes from is that idea of like it's a genuinely terrifying game sometimes not because of the eldritch horrors but because you know that eldritch horror could kill you and you're gonna lose all of your souls that's what makes it scary you know um and it's just whether that experience is for you is kind of up to you to decide right so that's why like last week i said i don't think that elden ring is going to convince anyone who hated dark souls to love dark souls but the open world is very good and very enticing yeah, like the the exploration, the finding the nooks and the crannies is all really cool. Like especially, I think it's in that same uh, seaside cave that you were talking about that it's like, you know, the first part of that cave, it's pitch black and there's a whole bunch of wolves mm-hmm. just in the dark. And if you walk forward without a torch and you, you literally fall into a den of wolves. Yeah. Um, stuff like that is definitely neat. Uh, it's just and when it comes down to you know the combat and like you know yeah i'll admit i suck at playing souls games <laughs> i'm much more of a of a fast pace hack and slash kingdom hearts style combat than a you know what what do you mean i need to stop pressing the attack button to raise a shield mm-hmm. yeah um, it's it's definitely like like it's still it's still dark souls i think all yeah. like when i introduce it as open world dark souls it's truly that to a t you know yeah I was one of the people that you saw everybody on Twitter like, oh, maybe this one will be different for me. No, it, it has not been. Um, yeah, but hey, the, have... the hype engine has been huge for this one. The yeah. FOMO has been ridiculous. I was hoping that I, I would. Yeah, no. I, I keep I'm, seeing people. I'm not fucking garbage. I keep seeing people tweeting about a about a really good grind spot. So yeah, I'm probably going to I need to take advantage of that because yeah, I'm sure. probably going to go and t- check that out power level a little bit and then check out the rest of the game a bit more. Um, yeah. I mean, if this means anything, the first time I actually enjoyed a Dark Souls game, I had to do the grinding, too. And then after that, I was like, OK, now I get it. and Everything kind of clicks because mm-hmm. like there is a little bit of muscle memory to to Dark Souls, but like muscle memory can only get you so far. Right. Like, yeah, if that dude can one shot you, you're going to get hit and you're going to die probably. So definitely if you're me yeah <laughs> exactly and then you see those videos or those gifs of people who are like ultimate pros at dark souls and like dodge roll perfectly and like all that shit and it's like okay whatever seeing people taking out like that marguerite boss by like moving minimally mm-hmm. like the the two spear throws come out at the start of the battle and they just like sidestep half an inch either way it looks like ultra instinct yes they, they it's, activate it's, ultra instinct yeah it's it looks so cool and it's like oh that's i wish i could do that or i wish i could be bothered to learn how to do that <laughs> yeah i mean if there's anything that's really cool about the game is that when you watch videos like that it makes you want to play it right like it yeah. makes you want to get good enough to play those things but i mean that level of uh skill is like really hard to attain but there's something the, the about hype engine is there. Yeah, and there's something about taking down the bosses. Like when you see a video of someone like take down a boss, like it it looks so fucking cool cuz all the bosses in this game look really cool. I guess that's exactly what Miyazaki is going for, like that knowledge of you can be a random Joe Schmo watching a clip of Dark Souls and see even a basic bit of combat go well and be like, "Wow, that was like I know that was tough." Mhm. But it looks it's got so that- cool that from soft jank to it <laughs> mm-hmm. the heaviness the slowness yeah. yeah yeah there's a little bit of Sekiro in this game but not enough where i would say like you're fast you know mm. 
Yeah. Uh, Otten, how are things going in uh, in the Forbidden West? Why, well, I, I am withstanding the waves of FOMO. They, mm-hmm. they have not captured me and will not for Elden Ring. But, you know, i got to carry the Forbidden West torch because everybody's, you know, on to Elden Ring now and it's getting forgotten about. Sorry, Breath of the Wild what? Yeah, so you're saying the Forgotten <laughs> West? Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, there's still so much of it I have to do. I feel like, like I hit a moment where it had its Breath of the Wild moment where, like, you step out and you see the world kind of thing. And I was like, oh, so did I just basically just do the prologue? And I'm, like, 20-something hours into it or something. <laughs> is is this like, after, oh, okay. after the thing I mentioned last week? Yes. Oh, my There's fuck. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he knows what I mean. It's it's quite a ways into it. I was like, oh, okay. So now the real game starts. Oh, god damn it. Um, And I think I'm really enjoying Forbidden West quite a lot. Uh, I think mileage is going to vary for people of how much they get invested in uh, the lore of it, not even necessarily the story of it, but just like learning more bits about the world and stuff. Cause I think that's where it's really, what does really well. Although, I mean, I, the, the, uh, fighting the, um, <clears throat> uh, I just totally forgot their name. The fucking robots around, uh, um, the Zoogles, the Zoogles fighting them <laughs> is a lot more fun this time around. I feel like they're a lot more difficult and dynamic and have things going for them. Uh, so that's pretty fun. But I think that I am... It's definitely like... All right, can like we be done with this open world stuff now? Like, mm. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. Like, it's that open just, world fatigue. Yeah, and I, I remember, remember before I started playing, I said I'm really worried about that being a problem for me because it's... The map is so big and there's so many points of interest... And there's just, and not all of them pay off. That's like, oh, okay, I guess I, I, I did the thing, but who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> kind of feeling sometimes like, okay, I did that point of interest, but who cares? Um, and that's not to say that I think Forbidden West is bad in any way, or like it does it poorly compared to other games. It's just the nature of what it is. Um, the sheer number of games that yeah we've we've lived with yeah. this formula for how long now like well over a decade at this point and it's like well, I'm just kind of done with it it's a lot of st- um, padding of time just traveling to and from somewhere that's just padding time um, and then the getting to the to and the from isn't interesting enough like it's it can be interesting like you can stumble across some stuff and do cool stuff if you want but there's not that much and so something like, um, I guess to compare it a little bit to Ghost of Tsushima, which I really, really enjoyed, but it had a certain vibe to it um, and exploring the world and just kind of soaking it in the atmosphere really hit with me. I know it didn't with everybody, um, but I, it had the same problems. Like there was just too much stuff around, uh, too big. And so I think we're, we're hitting that, that feeling that it's just, I don't know, it's definitely a fatigue. Because like mm. I'm thinking of something like uh, a God of War, which was open-worldy, but wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, I would love yeah. I'd love something more in the vein of, of God of War, uh, 2018's God of War, 
where you there's definitely some exploration you can run around and check out some shit and like the world the be- best part of that world is that it changes over time as you play it and you explore it like significantly changes um that's definitely i would love to see more of a hybrid of that where you're still getting the like sense of i'm i'm a, i'm in this big thing and i can go here and see what that thing is but also it's a lot more guided of an experience in terms of we know the the developers know what they want you to experience and have crafted something rather than, Oh, here's a thing. And I guess you can go fight a thing or jump up to this thing. Um, I definitely would like to see more God of War stuff, like style. If that's where we're going to keep the open world kind of feel, cause it's just, it's a lot more honed where this is like they made a big map and then just kept throwing shit at it. <laughs> right. Like all I mean, the yeah, question the, marks. Yeah. The God of War map kind of I mean you had like the hub area at the center of the yeah, at the center of the lake but really at each point you spread out it was practically a level like it more or less. It, yeah. It almost followed like a a Crash Bandicoot-esque mm-hmm. um level design and level style. Uh, between a home base and like the different portals that you can branch yep. out to, I think that's just it's a very it's a very good. I don't know, compromise is not the right word, but it's that's a good jumping off point if you want to capture that feeling of okay, we want this open world exploration to feel like you're crossing vast distances or mm-hmm. seeing new you know environments or whatever. Like we still want that in a game, but I would definitely like a little more of a honed experience because uh, like the because people like to say compare stuff to breath of the wild breath of the wild was mostly empty also for honest with ourselves like there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in it but it was interesting in how they let you interact with stuff and a lot a lot of games don't have enough of that going on where there's just a free form amount of mechanics we're just learning and trying new shit is the game and that's not what most of these games are they have like here's our systems you must engage with these systems and here's a kind of playground to play with them um and that's what we've been doing and what what definitely helped Breath of the Wild as well was that fact that they give you everything within the first yeah two hours yep and then it's just go be free like I'm yeah. I'm sure in Forbidden West there's all kinds of like plot progression uh, additional you know, weirdly, abilities they, they kind of give you everything right at the go oh they do more yeah, or less like once you do the embassy you pretty much have everything you need even before okay. that you have most just about everything like yeah you well, go through that and you end up with quite a bit. I mean, I'd say the paraglider is pretty key to oh, okay. unlocking I guess a lot so. of fun in the That's game. True. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, they, the, the beginning of it, you have what, like, what's it, five different trees, talent trees you can put skills in, mm-hmm. and they all kind of like suited towards, okay, helps this kind of weapon or this kind of weapon. Mm-hmm. And you can have all those weapons right away. Like, if you wanted to like, okay, this is the main thing I want to use, go for it if you wanted to. Um that was actually very refreshing. I was like, okay, because I, I expected that to the, okay, now I've unlocked the rope caster. Now I've done this. Now I've done the scripted battle to where I learned how to use this thing. And now I've done <laughs> right. the, uh, but there wasn't real, there was a couple of those, like at the beginning to kind of just get you into it. But then it was like, all right, buddy, have fun. Uh, just figure it out, I guess. Um, and that's very refreshing that did that. I, it, that was one of the things I liked a lot about Forbidden West so far is that it's just assumed, okay, you probably played Zero Dawn. We don't need to spend a ton of time uh, get you back into shit. Uh, it assumes you have a lot of like a fair amount of knowledge about stuff, mm. um, and I think that has made it successful. Uh, it successfully did that, and without making it feel like because I think I think there's a tendency to have way too many tutorials in games. 
and this doesn't i don't i don't think it does anyway right but i'm enjoying it that's good i'm still gonna play it i definitely want to get back to it just because i want to see what happens with the the plot kind of i I think i am interested enough to like there's enough of a thread there that i want to keep pulling at it Mm -hmm. to see where it goes um but i think if i do go back to it i'm probably i might just mainline it i don't know if i'm gonna you know, yeah, I don't do think the that full. there's uh, so like what I remember talking about before it came out is that the, the worst part of Zero Dawn is the side quest by far, no question. And then I was reading a bunch of people saying, Oh, the side quests and stuff are so great in Forbidden West, and I was like, Oh, okay, I'll believe when I see it. Uh, and so far, I haven't really seen it, like, I've done some, and it's like, Okay, I guess that was fine enough. Mm-hmm. Um, they have done a really good job, I will give them credit for, with the side quest of building out the world more. There's a lot of lore stuff that's neat um, that you'll learn from it. But in terms of like, wow, that was a really great quest line of beginning, middle, end story kind of bit or whatever of its own contained thing. Not a lot of that. Mm. Not much of that happening. Uh, so I think you definitely could just mainline it and have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be the goal. Because I like when I think back to my time with Forbidden West, like... You know, it's another one of those games where you can explore and you're supposed to find cool shit, but I've yet to find, like, I didn't find anything that was cool enough where now when I'm playing Elden Ring, I'm like, I'm finding all sorts of cool shit, you know, yeah. like shit that, that actually is genuinely exciting. Like, yeah. and there, there wasn't like a question mark pointing me in that direction. It's just like, you just you find thing. it. Right. Yeah. Well, and uh, that reminds, that's reminded me of a thing that I, I am finding irritating with Forbidden West. There's a lot of gated stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you come across a blocked path all the time I'm like okay I, I guess i'll come back when i can do the thing to unlock this thing you must return with the blue key it based more or less <laughs> uh, and it's like okay i guess i'll get that later uh and it's getting really really annoying with something that's like okay because sometimes it is like oh that's that's some, something fucking weird what's back there oh i can't i can't know that yet apparently mm. <laughs> i can't see that thing that's getting irritating with how many of those there are on the map already for me yeah, and some that, that aren't on aren't marked. It's like there apparently at some point there's got to be some upgrade to where you can breathe underwater longer, because there's quite a few places I've run across where it's like, yeah, you can't do shit here because you can't hold your breath that long. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember I noticed that because like they do the thing where like you know before you get the the thing where you can blow up the red crystals, yeah. like they mark it on your map like this is the yep. thing you can't do yet, right? And yep. it's like okay, it's nice that they do that from a like checklist perspectives that way i know once i get that power like come i know exactly to where it. to go to come yeah. back to it but it's also like do we really need all of that right well it's like and i would be more fine with that it's like okay i've run across like one or two of those and then i unlocked it but no like this one i have i think i have 10 marks on my map 10 12 maybe more <laughs> and i'm like okay i guess i'll just do all of these when i get it because <laughs> yeah. i guess fuck? i guess this is kind of what i was talking about with with breath of the wild was that there was nothing that you could approach that you wouldn't be able to immediately do. Yeah. Um, like, even so much as, you know, people can head straight from the Great Plateau to they Ganon's Castle. kill Ganon and right away. beat the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, those kind of, like, artificial blocks, like, you know, oh, there's a big ravine in front of me, but there's a, a target hanging on a stick above it. I guess I'll wait to get a grapple hook at some point in the game. Yeah. But no, it just sounds like it's more, like, arbitrarily locking you out of stuff, which... Um, so can far, definitely... sure, because especially the like uh, we're talking about the blowing up red rocks things, the fire mm-hmm. gleam. I've not found anything behind them other than like here's some random resources. No, it's that's not, it's never yeah. done anything super interesting. Or like there's that one ruin, like in like I think the yeah. second ruin you probably it'll come get across. You, 
it'll get you into some stuff maybe mm-hmm. but it doesn't really do a whole lot for you yeah um, i mean like whenever i think of the limitations in wrath of the wild i think it's like oh i don't have enough stamina to climb this right or like mm-hmm. not enough stamina to paraglide my way across that ravine and for some reason those limitations feel okay because i know the exact path i need to go to to like reach it whereas with horizon it's like when i first saw those red rocks i'm like okay i know i can't do this i have no fucking clue what to do to be able to do this <laughs> yeah just assume so, that at some point in the story i'm gonna unlock the thing right so, so it just kind of feels worse because it's yeah. like it, it just leaves you in the dark like in the same way right now we're odd and you don't know when you're going to be able to no, breathe in water forever right like no clue yeah it's like okay <laughs> so that kind of sucks yeah and like i have a couple of side quests i was like i did a, a portion of it and then i got to it's like yeah you can't breathe long enough here and i'm like oh mm-hmm. well why the fuck did you let me do the first part of the quest you fuckers <laughs> well like, goodbye <laughs> yeah. yeah and so now i gotta remember okay i've got that hanging around um but or maybe i missed something which i doubt but that's just what i mean but like for forbidden west got a bunch of cool stuff for it but it's also got all these old systems and old uh, design philosophies and old design ideas that we've been carrying with us now forever that I just would really like to see die because <laughs> they're not fun mm-hmm. and they're just, they're just bloat a lot of the times. It's like, yeah. even if like we take back to, um, I even said this in my Witcher three review, I said, all right, we've, we've, we've seen this formula done to, a really well like really well done really well executed and i would i'd say it still holds up because most of the stuff that you do run across is kind of interesting or has a story or something attached to it not everything it's got a lot of the bl- bullshit too um mm-hmm. but i said that that was seven years ago that came out <laughs> so it's like man i was i was done then apparently i was like all right we've achieved it let's move on to this new shit <laughs> and we're still there (laughs) and we're still doing it um and it's just like boy i don't know it it, it needs something like these kind of games are are definitely going to resonate with people depending on how much you enjoy the world or story or atmosphere because that's how it was with ghost of tsushima for me i don't know why that hit me so like perfectly because it definitely has similar problems but um I don't know. Maybe it, maybe this is also one of those things where because of the nature of who we are and that we cover games and play too many games, that maybe this is just a unique problem. Yeah, <laughs> that, like we've seen it too many times. Yeah, we've done it too much. <laughs> I don't know. But it just feels like if it's time to move on from this kind yeah. of stuff. Well, because when I think, too, about, like, oh, that's a thing you can't do yet, I think, too, to, like, God of War 18, right? Like, I think there, there's, there are those doors with, like, the mirror lock, and you have to, yeah. like, tap it a certain way like with that chisel and you don't get that till halfway through the game but it's like i guess that didn't bother me as much because god of war is so small compared to the size of uh horizon right like like map wise and the story's smart enough where you're going to be like going you're going to be revisiting these doors multiple times in different ways yeah right so like you're eventually going to come across most if not all of them on your own organically so it doesn't feel like a checklist, but more like, oh, I'll get to mm-hmm. it when I get to it. Well, right? it's, yeah, it's not just checklist stuff, but like something like God of War, everything was so was bigger in terms of the reward of what you got. It's not like I had so I have a bunch of these little things where I go up to it and it's like, oh, I got some more wood and a and a string or whatever out of this chest. It's like there the limitation you- of the of the open world games used to be what hardware they were on. Now we're at the point that the hardware isn't a limit. And those worlds just have continued expanding and getting bigger yeah. and bigger. But at no point someone's like held back and gone, whoa, like let's 
you know, let's maybe tone it back. Let's refine it. Let's see what's working, what's not yeah. working. And, and like, uh, uh, and like, and what is if we if we're if we're wanting to incentivize exploration or or checking out this point, what's the reward for that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like, what am I being rewarded with, really? And so far, I, a bunch of them. It's it's for a lot of open world games, it's not a lot. So, like you're saying with like God of War, it's like okay, you know that. No, nothing in this has been like pretty trivial like whenever i do something like it's there's some fucking cool behind this thing whatever it is right. it's not just i opened a chest and found some fucking lame shit it's something neat or some gameplay thing or some some combat encounter or something that's interesting yeah like god of war had all those like really awesome armor pieces the yeah. upgrade points for the armor and then there was the whole valkyrie side quest as yeah. well that was just like was rad you get to fight this badass boss every time yeah, and it's it, this when you have so many points to fill, not all of them are going to be interesting, and yep. it's. I I wish I hope that somebody has a thought because I I know what there a lot of what they're thinking is okay that adds more time to the gameplay. People are going to be playing in the five hundred hours dying like yeah. two. Yeah, they, 500 hours they hear that and that's also the other thing it's like man how long do we really need a lot of these games to be like yeah people loved mass effects and you remember mass effect was like 20 hours and it's like that felt like all right that's a good triple a game length for a big and there story. was still a lot to do in mass effect too even with that shorter, that's what i mean yeah like, and like there's a lot to do and it's like why do we, i don't know those feel like a good life or like we're talking about guardians of the galaxy earlier that wasn't super long um, and it was self-contained, and there you go. It's fantastic. Yeah, like know. sometimes there's room for nice little smaller experiences, yeah. linear experiences, right? And then obviously like you're talking about Elden Ring. We have there's room for the big open world innovate like things to do a game that way too. You just have to think about it in a different way. I and, think. And just now. even you know how much is fighting for for gamers' attentions as you know not only are games getting bigger and longer but we're also just seeing so many more games you know us over here oh, at tech yeah. raptor have been getting destroyed by all of these march releases and like what we're expecting coming forward yeah. and we're you know only at the start of march of a of a new year we're already drowning um, yeah. so like the idea of having a a game that is going to proudly announce that it's going to try to take 500 hours of my time it's like that i would be afraid of that not being a marketing point for how much good content is in my game, but a, a warning to people to say, yeah. oh, if you don't have 500 of- hours of your life, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm someone who plays video games for, for fun and for writing and stuff, but the kinds of people of who enjoy video games, but only have, you know, two hours to, uh, two hours to play a week. It's like 500 hour game is yeah. going to take them years. Yeah, well, this is also within those, you know, uh, we're not, a lot of us here don't play them pretty religiously, but um, it's on top of all those games as a service games or just multiplayer games in general, which are kind of the bread and butter for, you know, time sinks for people. Obviously, why they play them is very different. But if that's your main thing is that you're, you're playing Fortnite or you're Destiny 2 person or whatever the hell it is. Um, and you like to play single player stuff in between, are you going to be like, all right, I'm all, I spend all this time in this one game. Am I also going to want to spend, you know, a hundred hours in this other game yeah, <laughs> or whatever. So it's a lot of competing for your time and uh, it's just some of them. It's like, man, it's way too long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I fully intended to play some triangle strategy cause that looks interesting to me, Yeah, but Elden Ring is just taking, like, I know realistically, even if I, 
bought triangle strategy day one i'd probably be playing elden ring instead you know yeah. like i've only seen brief comments and criticisms about triangle strategy my my twitter feed hasn't really had anything for it but what i have heard is also just like the amount of dialogue could be cut in half and yeah you know still get the message across um you know whether that's true or not is another thing but that seems to be the the sentiment that my timeline is giving Wait, did me. the the trails in the sky people make this they might have <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i do want to get to it eventually but i mean hey and then in, in the next fucking week we've got a uh, limp biscuit featuring final fantasy going on and then the Wait. week after is nuts oh too God. it's like Wait, is that next so week much. next friday yeah next friday's uh, next, next friday from when we're publishing this episode Oh, okay. that's right. It's yeah. like so it's March eighteenth. March eighteenth. Okay. Yeah, it's March eighteenth. Dude. Dude, don't do that to me. <laughs> we we all have to make sure that we just power through it that Friday night so that we. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, but real talk. Yes, I, exactly I fucking want to play doing. that game. Yeah, I just that game looks wait. like so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'm in. Uh, it's Nomura, man. I know he's not the director or anything. He's still it's a Nomura project though. Mm-hmm. So produced by. You know, right. praise be. Mm-hmm. Well, were you going to say something, right? You good? I, I was going to say, um, since I'll be picking it up on PC after seeing the recent ports of some Final Fantasies, um, <laughs> I'm a little worried. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it Strangers in Paradise ran like ass in a in oh, that's right. mode on my Series X anyway. I forgot about that. Fair mm-hmm. enough. There I forgot those clips. Yeah, it did look like it just chugged. <laughs> yeah. Especially in like the forest area with all like the sparkly particle effects. Like you could swing the camera and start counting the frames. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in like a high Fantastic. precision dodging game, you know, it's that's a what you easier want. Soulsborne. Um, the amount of inputs that that's going to eat and uh, you're going to die. I forgot that that's also a Soulsborne. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. so you're going to oh, put man. down... How many people do you think are going to put down Elden Ring to pick up the Final Fantasy Souls one? I don't know. Uh, if it's easier than Elden Ring, I'm sold. Um, because it, I have, I, I don't. It, I, I'm going to pick it up again later. I'll probably quit after 15 minutes again. <laughs> it, it's it's no. much easier. Yeah, I would say and it's, it's got difficulties. Mm-hmm. But I think that does it for this week's episode of the Tech Raptor Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, you can leave a comment down below and let us know. How are you enjoying Elden Ring? What's the coolest thing you found in it? You know, did you find that dragon church thing that I was talking about? Let us know in the comments below. Or you can go to our site, techraptor.net, where you can leave a comment on the post there as well. Because we have a new commenting system that's pretty rad. Um, we will also be back next week, but if you can't wait that long, you can go to our site, techraptor.net. We're always publishing reviews, features, news, etc. So you can stay up to date on all things gaming, but otherwise we will be here next Monday. See you then. Bye.